This is Charlottesville Tomorrow. Charlottesville Tomorrow is a nonprofit organization engaging the public on critical quality of life issues so we make informed choices for our community's future. Visit us on the web at seavilletomorrow.org. On November 7, 2017, Voters in the Rio Magisterial District go to the polls to elect their representative to the Albemarle County Board of Supervisors. This recording is Julie Zink's October 13, 2017 interview with Ned Galloway. Galloway is unopposed. Mr. Galloway, thank you for participating in this interview with Charlottesville Tomorrow. The complete audio recording and written transcript for this interview will be available online. Information from this interview will be used in the compilation of the Nonpartisan Voter Guide being produced by Charlottesville Tomorrow. Charlottesville Tomorrow does not endorse any candidates and our goal is to provide information to the public so they can make an informed vote on issues primarily related to land use, transportation, education, and community design. As you are aware, the first two questions you will be asked have been provided in advance. For others, you have been provided only the topic in advance. All supervisor candidates will be asked the same question. We ask that you keep these questions confidential until all candidates have been interviewed. Each candidate will be provided an opportunity to review the excerpts selected for the voter guide before its publication. Are you ready to start? Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Question number one. Please describe your past experience that qualifies you to be on the Albemarle Board of Supervisors. Well, I think first off, I'm a county resident, so that's a good start. I live in the county. Uh, my past elected office experience, I was on the Elmer County School Board as the at-large member. I served two years as the chair. Serving as chair gave me some insight into working with the Board of Supervisors a little bit more closely, specifically their chair, especially during budget time. Um, so I have an idea of not just how the school division budget works, but on, in a larger picture, how the whole county budget works. I've been involved in that process in some capacity. Um, professionally, I'm a general sales manager at the Mercedes-Benz of Charlottesville over on Pantops. Um, Prior to that, I was here working on my degree at the Curry School, Doctor in Education. I was a teacher in my former life. So I've got both public experience, public sector uh, employee experience, and private sector employee experience. And that, I, I can say, again, going back to my time on the school board, having worked in both those sectors serves well when you're serving in public office. You tend to have both sides of the aisle covered, if you would. Um, and then I'm a parent. I think it's important for people that are serving not just on school boards, but also in their local offices, are folks that are committed, who have families here, who plan on investing and being in the community for a long time, um, and that, that I am. So I'm, I think that is experience or is a good qualifier for somebody looking for a local office. Question two. What is your top priority for action by the Board of Supervisors if you are elected? I think economic development will be my top priority. Um, I have issues that are of importance to me in terms of campaign, both as a campaigner, what my campaign priorities are, but then also my legislative priorities. Um, public education and public safety being the top two. But economic development is something that with our urbanizing county that we need to be in front of and working and make sure we have a good solid plan. The county's been without an economic development director. Um, we have an opportunity with a new county executive coming in, and I would imagine the new economic development director intentionally was put on hold until that person's in place. Uh, but we have a real opportunity to bring in new, fresh ideas and insight with the new county executive, hiring a good top-notch economic development director, who I hope will have urban planning experience as well. 
um, and get down to growing in our development areas uh, the local economy in a way that's going to help us pay uh, for the services that we like to provide in this county. Question three. Name both a revenue item and an expense item in the county budget that you are concerned about and tell us why. Um, I don't know if I'm I don't know if concern's the right word, but uh, a revenue item will be the interest of the county on the new public-private partnership stuff that they're talking about. Right now, that's centered around courts, but it doesn't. It's not just about the courts. Um, similarly, the school division. You know, they took some time talking about bond referendums for a while, and then thought, is that a good idea? And if it is a good idea, where does it go to? And ultimately, chose that you know we would do that for schools and the capital projects. So, in a similar way, I'm. I'm I don't know if I'm concerned, but I'm interested in how private-public partnerships, if that could be an effective tool for Albemarle County. So, of course, there's this study out that's happening right now around the courts and the county office building and moving out. But really, it's beyond those specific buildings. It's about, okay, we have a slew of capital projects both uh, all through the county and our public-private partnerships a way, a revenue mechanism. It doesn't raise revenue. It doesn't give us new revenue, but it's a way to use existing revenue um, in a way that's more cost-effective for us to get some of these projects done. So I'm interested in that. Um, expense item is probably compensation, compensation countywide. Um, and not so much is it too much, but is it enough? Um, I think I want to make sure that our county employees, um, you know, our classified staff, our paid folks in public safety, our teachers, I want to make sure that they're being paid and provided benefits in a way that makes sense for them to live in our community. We have a high quality of life. It's got a high uh, cost of living here. Um, are we paying our folks what they need to earn uh, in order to live in this community in a way that's comfortable for them and they're not, they're not feeling stretched? Um, so that's something that I was concerned about on the school board. It was a little bit more focused on school employees, but as I get to join the supervisors, I'll be concerned about that for all county staff. Question four. Should the board make boundary adjustments for Albemarle County's designated growth areas to create new locations for businesses on land that is today in the rural area? Why or why not? I don't think so. Um, I think there's plenty of opportunity within the, des uh, the designated growth area now for redevelopment and development that it's unnecessary to have to have that conversation. I think sometime in the future that conversation may come up if the designated growth area is maxed out and we feel it's met, we, if the Board of Supervisors at the time feels it's maxed out, then that's a conversation that will come up and, you know, decisions be made then. But I think as it currently stands, there's plenty, plenty of opportunity for redevelopment and new development within the designated growth areas, and I don't think we have to go that, go to that direction just yet. Question five. City, county, and UVA officials meet regularly, regularly to discuss issues of mutual interest as part of the Planning and Coordination Council, or PACC. What is one specific area of cooperation involving the university that you would like to see addressed? The first thing that comes to mind is transit. I think between the university's transit, the Charlottesville and the city of Charlottesville's transit, and then Albemarle getting in on the conversation of transit, I think that we really have to get to some, some more regional solution for this and that's going to take uh, coordination amongst all three entities the city the county and uva um, we, sh we shouldn't need three separate systems or three separate plans this is something i think we should get together i know that they're uh, putting together a transit regional transit authority i'd like to see that grow with a little bit more responsibility teeth if you would 
um, than just be an advisory. And someday down the road, I'm hoping that will exist because then I think transit can start to happen regionally. And I think the all three entities will um, benefit from that type of planning that's not just looking at each separate jurisdiction. Uh, the other one may be workforce development. I think, um, you know, there, with, with uh, not just UVA, but also Piedmont, uh, Virginia Community College, and places like KTEC, it would be neat to see how the UVA, the city, and the county can get together um, and not just if students don't just want to be prepared for college, but want to be prepared for the local workforce. How can the city, county, UVA, and I would throw in PVCC work together to make sure we identify what the local economic needs are for workforce so that we can present those opportunities for folks that may be interested in, in those workforce plans and then how they can achieve getting what they need to be successful once they leave, um, once they leave K-12. Question six. While there are many areas of city-county cooperation, such as water and sewer services, schools, the airport, and the regional jail, there's currently tension over issues that range from bikes at the Ragged Mountain Natural Area, the subject of a lawsuit, to the future location of Albemarle's court facilities. What do you attribute this tension to, and what will you do to promote mutually beneficial relations? Well, I don't want this to come across like I'm pointing the finger at any one individual, because I don't think it's individuals. But I think it's the nature of being in a political office or being in charge of a something that's jurisdic has lines drawn around a jurisdiction. Um, but you know, politics, money, and power—that's what it's going to come down to. Usually, if there's something, you know, some of the things that we're working well on, it seems like we were able to get past that and see the mutual benefit for both jurisdictions and to move on it. And for the things that that isn't existing, if I had to guess. Now, I'll maybe know a little bit better once I'm serving on the board and get behind the scenes, if you would. But I suspect it's probably one of those three, if not all three. And it's hard. It's, I can't imagine for somebody that knows their responsibility as their jurisdiction that if something's going to work regionally, maybe you have to give up a little bit of control or power or money or political persuasion that goes against your jurisdictional responsibility in the greater good of a regional benefit. And it's going to take people that are committed to that and going, this is important, this is why I'm doing it, and then they'll have to get together and, and do it. Now, in terms of what will you do to promote mutually beneficial relations, well, that's, that's just good old-fashioned relationship building. I mean, I'm going to have to build relationships not just with the folks on the current supervisors, but also with the folks that are on the city council and the, the county executive, the city manager. We have to build relationships so that if it's a strong relation, relationship, we can trust one another so that when we maybe do take risks or chances that maybe goes against our individual jurisdiction, people will feel more comfortable about moving ahead because we're all looking towards a regional goal. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know what else to say to that beyond um, just the old school politics power and control is probably what it comes down to, and money. Question seven. What would you like to see changed about the way the Board of Supervisors and the County Executive do business both at its meetings and outside the public eye? Um, I don't know if I, I can answer that yet. Uh, in my own attending meetings and as an observer, as a citizen watching the meetings, listening to meetings, going to meetings, I've never felt like something needs to be done that that's not appropriate for a closed meeting. I mean, it always gets announced what goes in and is behind closed doors. Um, so I think I'd be able to answer this question a little bit better after I serve for some time. But I will say that 
we have a wonderful opportunity with somebody from the outside coming in as a new county executive. You know, anytime you have somebody new come in from the outside, they're going to come in with fresh ideas, how they've done things, make suggestions, but they're also going to be open to the culture that exists or else they wouldn't have applied to come work here. They saw something that they liked. So this is going to be a nice time for the new uh, Mr. Richardson, I believe it is, uh, to come in and say, okay, you know, what, what is the culture that exists? How can we improve upon that to make it even better? Um, and ultimately, that will probably see some changes from that from that and both meetings that are done by the supervisors, both what is seen and what is happening behind closed doors. Um, I think that's what I have to say about that. Question eight. If elected, what will you do to help our community move forward in the aftermath of this past summer's violent demonstrations, and how will you seek to best represent and effectively serve our economically and racially diverse communities? Well, I think the focus needs to be on the items and a deep focus on items that existed prior to August 12th that would be of concern that would hit these things. And I'm talking about uh, housing, housing, quality of housing, affordable housing, uh, you know, the suspension rates in both the city and the county schools for African-American children. Uh, the ratio is a little bit out of, is out of proportion from, from what exists for, uh, for white children. And, you know, those are the type of things that I think go to what allow these other things to bubble up. I mean, there's no excuse. Nobody, you know, when you have such an extreme group come in and do something, um, you know, and I think the city is seeing what they can do to perhaps prevent or control that in a way. But beyond that type of extremism that's going, that has popped up recently, I think there are other deep-rooted things that are existing in the county and the city that can be attacked. And that usually goes to what, the, what impacts people's everyday lives. Do I have equity of opportunity? Do I have equi equity of uh, income earning ability? Do I have uh, equity in education? Do I have equity in opportunity to serve in elected offices? Do, um, you know, those are the type of things that if we can fix and focus on and go, wait, we're out of balance or things are askew there, then that, I think, is going to go a long way to helping, uh, helping solve some of the deep-seated roots of uh, what could be seen as institutional uh, racism. That'll be my focus. Question nine. How would you describe the challenges and opportunities facing Albemarle County's rural farms, fields, and forests? Well, I think... Um, the opportunities have been that we've been seeing with all the agribusiness that's been going on. I mean, there are folks who, one, that have rural areas that they're protecting for, you know, to keep, keep land protected and rural, um, which it should be. But, I mean, there have been some great examples of folks between all the wineries and the cideries and the breweries that are coming up um, to the, um, the farm-to-table type food sourcing. I mean, there's a lot of... Uh, it's, it's been fun to see the innovation that people have had using, whether they're the landowners or people are using the land to help source these things, and we're in a community that likes and appreciates that. Um, so, I mean, I hope that type of thing will continue to grow and because we'll, I think that's good for everybody. Challenges, I think the environment's going to remain a challenge for our rural areas. Um, I get concerned... You know, we don't know what the federal government's doing. It seems like they're going to start pulling back environmental safeguards. Um, and, and, you know, even the stream buffer issue in the county, you know, you have to, on one side you have to weigh the health of the, of the bay and the bay cleanup and then uh, making sure streams, you know, and waterways are clean throughout the entire um, watershed. Um, and then local farmers, that can impact based on what can they do with land if they have cattle, et cetera, and, 
and what's their end of it. And I, I hate to see getting into where you try to say, well, the local farmer is more important than maybe a person who's crabbing over in Virginia. I don't want to get into that kind of piece. Um, but if something pulls back at the federal level, we should probably, as Virginians, go what makes the most sense that's a well-balanced approach for both our folks here locally and for our people that are, you know, who, um, who are crabbing and doing other types of that activity on, on the coast that say, well, this is a mutual way forward. Um, and staying rural is probably going to be another challenge for the rural area. You asked the question earlier about the designated growth area, should that expand? At some point, that, that definitely is going to be a pressure. Um, there's probably pressure now with development, housing development type of things and what, what could happen. So I think, um, I, think, I think there are folks who protecting the rural area is their number one issue that would say we're already there and feeling that pressure. Um, so that's a challenge where we're going to say, well, no, Albemarle County probably, you know, I think the vision should be we have a designated growth area, we have an urban ring, we should embrace that, but we also have rural areas and we want to protect and embrace that as well. Question 10. What is your top transportation priority and how will it be funded? Well, I don't know if it's a, you're probably looking for a project, something project specific with this question, but I would say my top transportation priority is planning. Planning, planning. I mean, we know growth is going to continue to happen. And people sometimes recoil to growth because of the impacts it has on other areas, transportation being one. School seats, um, a, a push on services that the county provides to everybody. But, you know, I think the county has been doing a good job recently of identifying what the project-specific priorities need to be. Like right now, one of the top ones is the, uh, the intersection over uh, the bottom of Pantops, uh, Route 20 and 250. And that's a transportation priority, and that's on the docket to be worked on. So I think they're doing a good job working with the DMV now, identifying what those areas are. But for me, it's about let's continue to understand ahead of time what the hotspots are going to be, and let's make sure we have planning in place so that we can be ahead of the funding requests to get the money to do the projects so that when the growth occurs, we've tried to solve the problem ahead of just reacting to, oh, where, where do we need to go? Um, so... You know, that, that's where I'm at, planning, big time on planning. Ned Galloway, thank you for participating in this interview with Charlottesville tomorrow. Thank you for the chance to.